Friends, today is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception, for clarity's sake, is the fact that Mary, the young woman chosen to be mother of God, was also chosen to be created without sin from the moment of her first conception. Now, I want to be honest with you, I haven't gotten out much today. Haven't driven really around Muncie, don't really know what's going on, but I am sure that the whole city is just abuzz with today's feast. There is no doubt in my mind that the citizens of Muncie took to the streets and took down the Christmas decorations for just a day down Jackson and down Maine and hung up blue banners in honor of Our Lady. I am sure that you're all here today because your boss has closed the office. They said, you know what, take a, leaves, uh, a day's leave of vacation. It's paid. Go to Mass. Celebrate Our Lady today. Yeah? No? Oh. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe to the world this doctrine seems medieval. Maybe they think it's disconnected from real life. Maybe it seems like the Immaculate Conception just doesn't matter and isn't worth celebrating. Hmm. You know, when I was serving in campus ministry in Maryland at Mount St. Mary's University, I used to meet with some of the student leaders there regularly. We'd plan for retreats and little get-togethers, but since I trusted them to get their own work done, usually when we met, I thought it was more important to check in on them, to see how they were doing. One young woman that I met with came to meet me at the campus cafe where we both sat in a booth and she wore an ironic smile that's usually used to cover things up. So I asked her, how you doing? And she responded honestly, not great. I said, why? And she said, I fell into the trap. I just keep comparing myself to others and it makes me less grateful for who I am. And she looked up at me and twice, twice said, compare and despair. Compare and despair. This is a major problem in our world. You know, we're doing fine. We're moving in the right direction. We know who we are. We know what we're worth until until I see it. And wait, what's he doing? Well, what's she wearing? Well, who's he dating? Well, why are they so happy? Oh, look how successful they are. With the lingering question in each observation, why not me? Why don't I look like that, feel like that, get noticed like that? Why am I not chosen? This is, of course, an ancient ploy. Adam and Eve were told in the garden that if they ate the fruit from the tree, they would be like God. But they were already made in his image and likeness. 
It was a demonic line from the world's first swindler, selling our first parents something they already had. When we ask the question, why am I not chosen? We're buying into the same lie told by the same liar. We are chosen. You are chosen. As St. John Henry Newman reminds us, God has created me to do him some definite service. He's committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. Whatever, wherever I am, I can never be thrown away. Each person receives a calling, a vocation. Each person receives grace, and this is the best part. When God gives grace to one person, he gives it for the sake of all of us. When God chooses one, he chooses that one for all. And that's why it's so good that we're given different graces. That's why it's so good that we're each chosen for something unique. When the person sitting in the back pew receives a grace, the person in the front pew is meant to benefit from it. Think about that in terms of vocations. When God chooses priests, he chooses them so that he can give grace to others. When he chooses and calls religious sisters and brothers, they're chosen so that they can be a gift to the whole church. And when he calls people to marriage, they are so oriented towards being a gift to others that they literally make and rear new people. Every grace given is a grace given for all. Now that's why... That's why it hurts so much when the one chosen doesn't pass it on, when they hoard it for themselves. It's why bad priests and bad nuns and bad spouses and bad parents hurt us so personally, because they were made to be a gift for us. And when they're bad, we're left with a longing for what we ought to have received. But that's not new. It started a long, long time ago in a story I've already mentioned. Obviously, in creating life, God gave grace to Adam and Eve. He made them sinless in relationship with him. But remember, when he gives grace to one, it's given for all. Adam and Eve were supposed to beget blessing that could be passed on down the line to you and me. And when they didn't pass it on, when they hoarded it for themselves, chose themselves over others, it hurt. It hurts currently. But since that moment, our human race has been characterized by brokenness, perhaps physical hurts 
or emotional wounds, mental scarring, or spiritual ailments. It doesn't matter which one is most prevalent in your life. You know the feeling of brokenness. Eve refused the gift that was offered to her, and though her husband called her the mother of all the living, she was more properly called mother of all those doomed to die. Praise be God, then, that he didn't become stingy. Once more, his eyes alighted on a young woman, his creation, and he chose her. Praise be to God that she received the gift of sinlessness, because when he gave that grace to her, he gave it for all of us. Praise be to God that she said yes It was not an easy burden to carry. I think sometimes when we hear that Mary was sinless, we think, oh, that must have been nice. must be nice to not have my temptations, to not have my sin. It must have been nice to be able to live a perfect life with God. I don't know if it was so nice. One priest wrote, the mother of God was an immaculate conception in a sin-filled world. Those whom she loved suffered from the effects of original sin, and her exemption would not have made her cold and aloof. It would have quickened her to a life with a deep compassion that would have broken her heart in places that ours don't even know they can be broken. She would have been to this world a sign of contradiction, a stranger, someone who would have always been on the peripheries deeply in love, but beset with the grief at how much God's love is refused in our world. Whatever we feel at the effects of the world's refusal to love, when you get mad, when you see an injustice, that would have been intensified for Christ's mother. She would know better than us humanity's desperate need for a Savior and the consequences of our refusal of God's love. And it would have been to her overwhelming. But still, she received the grace, received the gift. God created her to do him some definite service. He committed some work to her, which he didn't commit to another. She had her mission. She was a link in a chain. She was a bond of connection between persons. Each person receives a calling, a vocation. Each person receives grace. And when God gives grace to one, he gives it for all. When God chooses one, he chooses the one for everybody. Through the graces of the cross, Mary was preserved from sin and allowed to finally give the gift we were meant to receive from the beginning. Emmanuel, God with us, unbounded relationship with God. No need to envy her, to compare and despair. She was chosen for you in exchange for the much that she was given. Much is expected from her. After all, 
the Virgin Mary is given to the world for all of us because she's given to the world for the sake of Jesus' mission. And that mission is ongoing. Today, may the grace of the Immaculate Conception, unchained from the past, dress your modern wounds and brokenness. May the true mother of all the living bring you to really live. And may you really celebrate today Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception. Amen.